Greetings, everyone. This is KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Art Hour. I'm your host, Mike Malsom. And I'm your other host, Eric Woodard. Sorry for screaming into the microphone like that. Our guest today, we have a local artist. um, Has been uh, in the scene for quite a while and makes her living doing her art. And so we're honored to have our guest, Kim Long. So, Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. (laughs) So, uh, Kim, you've got... um, You've been doing this for quite a while, but when did when did this all start? And um, you know, how did you how did you get in the business? I really think that I have been an artist um, since birth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, they have pictures. My parents have pictures of me asleep on the floor with a pencil in my hand. You know, I just have done it forever and always wanted to do it. And um, that was my fun. Instead of sports or whatever, you'd find me drawing. You know, and um, as far as a business, uh, it was just kind of a dream to be able to make money doing something that I loved. And um, it just kind of gradually happened. Well, I I mean, I like to play kind of the doofus in this whole scenario. And (laughs) I I don't know what kind of art you do. So can you kind of describe uh, what mediums you work in and what sort of art you actually do? Right now, I am doing mixed media, and that is just a way of saying I I just, I do painting with um, acrylics, but it's in a watercolor style, and then I use a pastel or colored pencil and pen on top of that, and it's usually um, highly detailed, and uh, it's usually... uh, animals or people um it's realistic uh but lately i've been doing something that is um very nature oriented um magic realism ish uh i'm i'm just kind of spiraling into this and it's been super fun (laughs) yeah so how did you come across, I mean, it sounds like, so you do acrylic in a watercolor style, that's what you said, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you come to that? Because it doesn't, it sounds like it arose organically, but where did you start and how did you get to the spot you are now? I started with watercolor and um, what I don't like about watercolor is you can scrub it up and, and then you have nothing. You have this beautiful color on your paper and you want to add a little more and then your color just comes up with the water. And so with acrylic, I can water it down and just do layer upon layer and get all this really nice, rich color. Um, And that's how I came to that was just out of necessity. And then when did you add the pen? (laughs) Uh, Oh, actually, I added the pen when my son was very small because I needed to find something that I could do in small batches of time. You know, throw it under the couch when he woke up or whatever. Um, And uh, pen was the perfect answer, and I just fell in love with it because I can do all of that fine detail that I just Mm -hmm. absolutely love. Now, I I have a grandson... who who loves pen as well, and we've got a lot of places on our walls now that actually, <laughs> um, he's quite an abstract artist. Nice, and, yeah, very nice. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna leave it there, you know, until he gets older. And, oh, you uh, must. Yeah. So anyway, but that's uh, interesting. But you've been doing pen for a long time. I mean, that's yeah. how really kind of how I got introduced to you. Mm-hmm. Um, does, is this something you started while you were still in school, high school, middle school, or anything like that? And kind of, I mean, you said you've always drawn. And mm-hmm. is that the reason why, you know, ink pens really lends itself well to, mm-hmm. to, to your style? Right. I just, I, I feel I'm most at home drawing, you know, and the painting is just a background for the drawing, really. It's just it just kind of facilitates um, time wise uh, my need to draw you know um, it adds another uh, dimension to it but uh, my son is now 28 so I've been using 
pen that long. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, I mean, I, I'm kind of harping on this because I'm just trying to imagine what this looks like. Do you put the pen on after you do the acrylic? Is that sort of an, uh, an add-on over the top? I do. So I start with the color. Um, I have this blank white paper and I splash on all this color and the different colors merge together and create other colors and then I let it dry and then I see even more things in it than I originally planned. And so with the pen, I can kind of bring that all out and usually it is different than what I imagined um, in the beginning, but I think it's better, you know, when mm -hmm. I can stumble into something. Sure, and stumble into, that was kind of my next question. So when you're splashing the color, is that more of an abstract thing? You're just waiting to see what comes up, or do you have an idea when you start? I have an idea when okay. I start. Okay, but you have an idea, but then after you do it, you're like, oh, this didn't end up exactly how I thought it was going to end up. So you use the pen to bring out some of the things that uh, serendipitously arose as you were doing it. Exactly. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Sounds fun. It yeah. is super fun. <laughs> uh, so when you, um, this is one of those things people always ask, well, I can't draw, and you know, and how, how would I learn how to just draw? So did, did you actually... Uh, go to some sort of uh, instruction to do that or is this just something you did and you became good just by doing it as opposed to you know having going to a, a class and learning how to draw and this is how you do this block this out and all those things I am self-taught um, I've, I've had a couple classes but they're very small um, I tried to go to college and that didn't stick um, but there are books and things that you can get and uh that's really the most that I had to do it was just my natural gift or inclination to be able to see something and, and be able to make it on a paper you know other people are amazing mathematicians <laughs> or um, athletes but you know this is this is what I do well I just can draw what I see so when you, um, okay, um, you finished school, and I'm sure you went out and didn't, uh, I don't think right away, thought, well, I'm just going to make a living, you know, selling my drawings. So um, you had, you probably had a number of jobs. Uh, when did you kind of know, like, I can't do this, even though it's paying the bills and doing all that, and I just got, I just got to do the art thing? I was a florist and I was man managing um, this flower shop and um, I had art opportunities and I kept booking these shows or um, doing these uh, these shows and, and I just needed more time to get more things done and it just got to the point where I knew that uh, if I would just not have to go to that job every day and have to deal with these people and schedules and um, that I could be a conduit. You know, I had all these ideas and, and I didn't have the time to put it down. And so then they would kind of time out. It would be like, oh, I had to let that one go because I would have another one. So um, I just... As I was doing this, too, uh, I was making more money, and I just thought, I, I'm just going to take this leap. It was it was scary, um, but it's worked. It's been fine. And how long ago was that? That was probably five years ago. Okay. And what did taking the leap look like? I mean, because it's just because you think, okay, you're working, and then you're not working. Or felt like. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. I'm just trying to think, yeah. too. I mean, that's... So the first day you're not working, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what, ha what did that look like? And like Mike said, what did that feel like? It was probably two feelings, um, a little bit of panic and uh, also just an, ah, you know, this is what I should be doing. Uh, I had shows booked and in theory, if I could sell, you know, so much in each show, I would be fine. But. Uh, you know, you, you are out there on your own and, um, you have to, you have to hustle and it keeps you motivated though, mm -hmm. when you have these mm -hmm. bills that are coming every month and 
because I'm not a natural marketer or uh, that's the last thing I want to do is get out there and sell myself or sell my work. And so that keeps me motivated. Mm-hmm. So when, and once you started that, it, I mean, because one of the things that I think is interesting is so I think sometimes making it your job takes a little bit of motivation out of it, that there's something about having it be a hobby, it's all for the love. And then when it's about this is what I have to do to get paid, it might take some of the joy out of it. Did you find that at all? Maybe a little. You know, you you have these shows scheduled and you know that you have to do this. But I would be going to a job that I didn't really want to do that day or whatever. Every job gets tiresome at times but it's still uh what's that saying a bad day of fishing is better than a you know a good day at work <laughs> you know, that's what it feels like to me a bad day and at my art table is really so much better than a good day at work so what does your day look like when when you're a full-time yeah, artist good question i have coffee in bed that's my normal ritual and i get up and um head downstairs to the art table and I usually have about five things that I can choose from that I would like to work on that day because I have multiple things in progress and uh, I do only have so many hours of really good light so uh, the really tiny details I work on earlier usually until I'm tired my my hands are tired and then then I go to bigger, more splashy things, probably. And, um, you know, I just, I'm at my drawing table all day until about seven-ish. Wow. Ooh, man. So. But there's there's meals in between, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But still, that's a full eight pl- or more hours a day. And do you, do you kind of set yourself on that kind of schedule? Or are you one of those that has to... Uh, also work when when you're in kind of a zone so to speak and you know I'm not going to get in this very often so I'm going to just keep pushing until that magic runs out sometimes that happens but for me usually it's um, show up in the morning and work all day and uh, get it done and sometimes I really do wish that I could just go to a job so that I would be able to go home and just relax. But uh, my office is in my home, and so it's always there, and it's always calling to me. Um, When I want to just take a day off, I usually don't have a whole day off. I find myself at my art table, and it's like it's um, it just is so much a part of me that I just find myself there. Uh, is that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing at this at, at this point? I mean, it's a very good thing, but you know, um, if I have a criticism, it's that that I I have a hard time taking time off because it's right there and and I have all these things calling to me. Yeah. I have all these ideas. Now, we've we've asked this question um, several artists, and um, we get both both sides. You know, like some some artists really need to just go full time because they need that those deadlines and the hustle to keep them motivated and the motivation seems to keep their creativity a little bit on that edge that they feel like that's what they need and then others are going I I need to have my job so that the bills are all taken care of and I don't have that weight on my shoulder then I'm free. I feel like I'm free to do my art. And Wasn't that Tiffany Patterson that who was, said that? Yes, yeah. and, and, and Derek were both, they had both had opposite views. Mm-hmm. Derek was more like, like you are mm-hmm. at this point, and Tiffany was like, and Tiffany actually is, uh, was one that couldn't even have her studio at home. She's mm-hmm. looking to have it somewhere else because all uh, the dishes are over there. I mean, there was too many other subconscious voices calling that took her away from the work. <laughs> and Kim, Kim, it sounds like something that, that's something you'd want, too. Uh, that, that would be a nice dream to have uh, an office somewhere else so you could get away from it. Yeah, that, w- that would possibly be ideal. But I never have problems uh, leaving the housework for later or another day. <laughs> that one's not a problem for me. <laughs> yeah. Another thing you mentioned, I think it's been kind of a commonality, whether it's been a writer, 
um, or uh, a visual artist uh, or even a, a songwriter that is they have multiple projects going on at the same time like they just don't have one I have to do this and I'm gonna get that done and then I'll go on to the next kind of like people that eat off a plate and they eat every all the corn first and then they go to the potatoes you need multiple projects I definitely need to mix my corn and <laughs> potatoes and yeah I really like having a lot of things uh, to choose from because I I get bored um, and it helps me uh, be able to mix it up you know i just really want to do different things you said do different things but and earlier you said you've been doing um nature stuff right mm -hmm. you've been doing animals and nature is that what you've always done or is that something that you've kind of gravitated toward because you mentioned you have the light so you clearly have you've got a nice window there with some good light mm -hmm. uh is that something that you've always done or did you just kind of come to that more recently I have always done things with eyes. <laughs> you know, I, the eyes mm. are um, the focal point with me, and it's really hard for me to do a flower or, you know, every now and then I'll do insects, but um, animals, people, lots of women, you know, I just, I need the eyes. And uh, Why do you think that is? I just think there's so much... Um, transmitted through the eyes. I really think you can get everything from the eyes, even, you know, animals too. Um, I think I think that's just a focal point with me. Mm. So that's always something you've done. That's interesting. Because yeah. you said you get bored with that, other th with, with that, but then with the eyes, that's just been the focus and you don't get bored of that at all. Not at all. Oh, that's interesting. And I do them first because I, I learned a valuable lesson. Uh, I did these um, fighting uh, pheasants, these two male pheasants, and uh, all of this laborious uh, detail in the feathers, and I left their eyes for, like, the last treat mm -hmm. for me. And I didn't pull off these eyes. They just weren't looking at each other. There was no emotion in there. And so all of this work was just, I, I just hated it. It was a horrible experiment for me. So now, now the eyes are first. And if they are not um, exactly what I want and showing what I want, um, then it's, it's pitched. Now, as a reminder, you could have gone to Michael's or someplace and got, a, <laughs> got some of those googly eyes, yeah. put it up on the wall and say... <laughs> <laughs> Reminder, Kim, yeah. always do the eyes oh, first. Oh, <laughs> yes, I should have. <laughs> now, when you were talking about that piece, you said laborious detail. How long does it take you to finish a piece in general? I mean, I know they're all different, all sizes and everything else, but do you find that your pieces take longer than other people that you've talked to, or what's what's the time frame? Um, I think on average it's about 40 hours. Uh, per piece? Yeah, if it's of anything of any and size. And what size do you work in general? Well, the one that I'm working on, or I just finished, um, is 24 by 24, and it's a woman in in the woods um, with trees and intricate details on all the bark, and her hands uh, turn into roots, and she's like rooted, and it's called connection, and she has like lichen on her arms, and that took me more than forty hmm. because that was um, this last batch is probably some of the most detail I've ever put on anything. And and you do that with ink a mm -hmm. lot with acrylic. So, and when you do that with ink, and you're and it is very detailed. I mean, mm -hmm. I've seen your work. Do you have room for a mistake when you're working with ink? In other words, oops. Uh, whiteout? Whiteout, maybe? I mean, I, I'm thinking whiteout doesn't quite do the trick there, does it? Oh, no. That's where the creativity comes in. You turn that into an insect or another root or something. And, you know, you there can be happy mistakes. Um, you do something that you didn't really want to do and you're just... You think you painted yourself into a corner and you're just so sad, but then usually you can you can pull it together somehow. Yeah. You know? 
I've seen a lot of carpenters do that with wood. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll just patch this up yeah. right here. There's one know. mistake you can't correct, though, and that's doing the eyes last. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh. So... And because of the eyes, and your your paintings all kind of have a little bit of a theme, I guess, if in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a lot of, uh, I won't say all, but like a lot of your female um, painting, drawing, multimedia types of mm-hmm. things. But is there any part of you that is manifested out through your work? I'm, in other words... I mean, is it it's some sort of inner emotion that you're communicating or you just. And can I ask you actually just ask a different facet of that question? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to see your work mm-hmm. uh, compared to other people's work and it's just mm-hmm. going to be different. Mm-hmm. So I guess, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to piggyback on Mike's question and say, is there something you see in your work that that is different from other people's that would that would also tell us something about you? And are you talking like it personally? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I. Because there's a lot of uh, the, your your work is emotional, I think, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I think you know, like uh, certain musicians have a style. I think that a little bit of their personality, that even mm-hmm. if it's subconscious, always keeps coming out in in their compositions. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's something you think about, or am I just you know overthinking this? No, I think what comes out is. Um a connection to nature, uh, and I think my things are usually, for lack of a better word, pretty. Um, so I think there's a lot of feminine energy too. Um, but I, or maybe beauty. You know, I just peace and and beauty and. Um, I think it's a it's a a resting place where you can wander off, uh, and I'm not sure. I'd like to think those things about me, <laughs> but um, I don't consciously try to do that. It just seems to end up that way. Has your art always been like that? Yeah, um, one of my uh, biggest influences is uh, Alphonse Mucha. He was an illustrator. Um, and he had an uh, Art Nouveau style. He's actually the one that kind of started Art Nouveau. Um, his style was just very natural and flowing and lots of curving mm-hmm. designs. And so I think that you can definitely see that in my work. Um, forgot where we were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we you know, forced like you to get a little yeah, introspective yeah, on that. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, how much of you comes out in that or, you know, I mean, um, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, you kind of hit on that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, th- there is a lot of feminine energy that mm-hmm. I always pick up in, in yeah. what you do. And, and it's color. very curvy. I mean, yeah. you don't, you're not uh, geometric in the no. sense that you see uh, other types of styles. And the color is uh, usually very vibrant and... Um, that's definitely me. I'm I'm not like a beige person at all. Hmm. Just like really yeah. like strong colors, and that comes out. And and you're you're you know kind of enmeshed with this. We talked about this earlier about the community here in Spokane. Mm. So, uh, and there's some really talented local art. We're really amazing. Lucky. Yeah. Um, any local artists though through your collaboration even if it's dialogue or just going to their shows as well that um have influenced you in any way rick chandro um just fires my soul with his colors i mean he's so always so vibrant and uh his style is very very different than mine but um He's probably the one that uh, inspires me the most locally. Um, Another one that I really love is Susan Weber. Oh, yeah. 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 I really like her work, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Photographer Grace June is pretty cool. And um, uh, 
That's probably I, I'm I'm having a hard time remembering yeah. names. That's right. This is a good yeah. time for a break anyway. We've yeah. been we're uh, almost six minutes late on our I break. Know. So <laughs> go ahead and talk about our underwriters here. All right. Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand toss artisan pizza, beer and wine. That's one zero one one South Perry Street and online at South Perry Pizza Spokane dot com. And thank, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah. You go. I was just going to say, and thanks, John Sayak, um, owner there of South Perry Pizza. Much appreciated. Yeah, yeah and the underwriters are really the ones who yeah. keep this place going, so we really appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you want to underwrite our show or some other show, uh, yeah, yeah, just let us know. Uh, speaking of other shows, Jukebox Jenny is a friend of mine. That sounds that that should I, be a lyric. Yeah, Jukebox Jenny is yeah. a friend of has got a rhythm to it. Yeah. Uh, she has a show on Sunday nights, and she was just um, nominated. And I, I don't know exactly how it works. I just saw it on Facebook, but uh, something in the Inland Northwest Blues Society. Oh, wow. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. She was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You oh, that's a friend of mine right. also. Oh, right oh. On, She's a very right good on. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, I've known Jukebox Jenny for a long time, family friend. So she has a show, uh, Working Women's Blues, on Sunday. So let's take a listen to what her show sounds like. Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, The Blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... And... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Women's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. And then here's a public service announcement. This is pretty cool. I think I'm going to go to this. Uh, KYRS presents an evening with Ken Stringfellow. Uh, Ken Stringfellow, founding member of the Posies, one of my favorite bands of all time. I've seen them multiple, multiple times brings the full scope of his 30-plus year career as a musician, songwriter, producer, raconteur, and boils it down to the simplest of presentations, with songs and stories from his work as a solo artist, as well as with the Posies, Big Star, R.E.M., Neil Young, Mercury Rev, Ringo Starr, Robin Hitchcock, dot, dot, dot. KYRS presents An Evening with Ken Stringfellow, November 2nd, this Saturday, at Music City in the Fireside Event Hall, 1322 North Monroe Street in Spokane, and information is available online at kyrs.org. Wow, that sounds like an interesting event. Yeah, and it was interesting, too, because they, the Posies, um, well, I don't know if you're familiar with Big Star. They were kind of a, a this power pop band, and they just collapsed in the early 70s and then the fe- the other members got together with the posies and they just toured as big star and it kind of became a big deal and the posies were big fans of big star and then it'd be like you know being a big fan of whatever band and then they say hey you want to come be a <laughs> member of the band with us be like, yeah sure sounds yeah, fun yeah, why not? <laughs> I'll, I'll dabble in that <laughs> oh man so kim you've got um you've got some a couple big things coming up um the first Friday, not this coming first Friday, but the first Friday, December 6th, as well as uh, uh, kind of another show, too. You want to talk about that a little bit? Um, first Friday in December is at the New Moon Art Gallery on Sprague, and it's called Fantastic Circumstance. And I have some wonderful friends that are going to be with me, and it's Rick Jandro, Tim Lord. Lisa Maddox and Melissa Cole, and that's a pretty good lineup right there. <laughs> I'm so excited! <laughs> yeah, so um, it's going to be. Uh, it can be any. You know, I I left it really open for these guys. It can be anything. Fantastic circumstance. So, mine happens to be you know kind of magical realism, natural wonder, mixed media stuff. So, uh, it's going to be. I think it's going to be super cool. And um, you talked about a little bit about this, your process, getting ready for this show. That, mm-hmm. um, and you showed me a, a picture of, of one of your 
pieces, which was the the gal that in the with the roots coming out of the hands, things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, was there something about this particular show that kind of inspired this this work that you were really excited about, or did did the work come first and then you just had these sh- these shows booked up? This has been different for me, where it all evolved. Um, together uh usually i have a couple pieces that i can put in this show or there's a theme and i've got a couple things that go with that and i'll do two or three other additional pieces but this one just kind of happened organically and um i knew it was going to be well super organic and and so it all evolved around that and i still have a couple more pieces to go I'm supposed to have 12 pieces by uh, December 3rd, and I've got like six. So pressure's on. Pressure's on. Do you, and, and you work well with pressure, though. I it do. sounded like that. It keeps yeah. me motivated. Although the days are getting shorter now. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to have to rig up some kind of lights because, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting there, thing there, too, because I've talked to some artists that have studios and basements or in garages where they don't really have great light and that's that's got to be uh kind of challenging to find the right kind of lighting system Mm -hmm. to get the right you know to get a more natural look on your colors would you think or or not it's also um you have a shadow from your hand and when you're working with tiny little pens you can't see to get it exactly where you want it. And, and that is a bigger problem with me um, because I do have wonderful windows in the studio I have right now. Uh, but with winter coming on, mm. you know, I've got a, I do have lights um, that I can move around, but it's, it's not like the natural light. It's just no. natural light is the best. So uh, a while ago you kept using the word evolve, that your work evolved. I'm curious to know if there is something that you see in the future that you might want to try, whether it's just adding something to what you already do, subtracting something, or something totally different. Because there were times we were talking to an artist and we said, is there something you want to do? And he said, yeah, I want to do hip hop. And it was like, oh, that's not what I expected to hear. (laughs) (laughs) So is there something that you've always kind of wanted to try or someplace you see your work maybe going in the future? I would love to take a class or work with someone have a facilitator that i could do some more um computer Mm. additions you know do my splashy background things and then do different pieces um electronically or you know i i really i know nothing about it and so i would really need to uh, maybe get a grant or something. <laughs> and what do you see yourself being able to do with that that you couldn't do that you're already doing? Well, like you said, when you use pen, you're kind of, you you have to choose where you're going and that's that's where you are. And there's you can't paint over that and try something new. And so uh, I would... I would love to try different colors in different areas or re- take the splashy backgrounds and merge them together and, you know, um, then print it out and then do pen on it and, and do that mm. in multiple, mm. like a series or oh, something, yeah. you know, yeah. you could go in so many directions. I, 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 I can't even. Have you seen that done around here with no. what exactly what you're talking about? I've seen online, uh, some Richie Beckett has, He's another, he's an artist, illustrator, um, different color backgrounds. You can order and prints and things and metallic backgrounds even. And, uh, the main character sometimes is in white or black or, you know, he does a lot of pen work too. I really look up to him. Um, and so this, I, I wouldn't have even known this were, were possible, but this is, you know, something that I see other people do on Instagram, um, possibly more like uh printing print works Mm. or you know this type of stuff Mm -hmm. so well it sounds like i mean some people use technology i think as a crutch and it sounds like what you're saying is i i see things that i would love to do that i just can't do with the current thing that i'm using so Mm -hmm. that that would be cool but more as a multimedia facet in other words you've got 
your uh, acrylic, your ink pen. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're multimedia there, but the, the digital mm-hmm. um, effects would also be part of the media that you mm-hmm. would, are combining stuff with. Yeah. I could go in so many directions. It would be super exciting. It's too bad this is radio because you should see her face when she's talking about <laughs> yeah. it. She looks really excited. Know, she's to do really it. excited. She's got this far away look in her eyes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that would be really cool. Oh, okay. Images dancing across my eyes for sure. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's a that's a good question. I, we talked a little bit earlier because you've also, uh, I would say, in the past year done. Painting, just, you know, kind of just strictly painting. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think you're one of the shows I saw uh, mm-hmm. there. Um, so, but it, you said it didn't quite grab you mm-hmm. like your work with ink. I, yeah. yeah. I liked it. Um, it was an experiment, and I'm really glad I did it. But it's not my love. You know, I, I would come downstairs and, and look at the four five choices I had to work on and I was kind of like oh man I just really don't want to paint mm. I don't want to I don't want to mix up colors right now you know and, mm. and so I had to decide to stick to my love and just go back to more pen and work on paper I love I love to work on paper so have you been local the whole time are you are you from here I'm from Lima, Ohio, but I've been here for 28 years. Okay. So uh, 28 years, which is perfect for my next question. Uh, How have you seen the visual arts, uh, I I hate to use the word scene, but how have you seen that scene uh, changing over the last, I mean, whether it's 28 years or five or 10 years, what have you noticed? Well, we used to have a lot of uh, galleries downtown and... First Fridays, you used to be able to get on a bus and go on this on the art tour kind of thing, and that was really sad when that went away. And uh, they they got rid of a lot of art uh, funding, and uh, we had some dry years, but I think it's coming back now. And and what has happened is people have come in like terrain and just changed everything and made their own rules and it's so exciting and um i hope it continues you know i think we're just creating our own dynamic environment mm-hmm. you know out of necessity and i'd like to go back a little bit what brought you here from lima ohio um my ex-husband's job and it was actually mm. from uh, the East Coast, uh, Connecticut. I was living in Connecticut when we came out here sight unseen and I drove across the country. I was, I was pregnant with, you know, with, with the dog in the car and I, I love it here. I was just hoping. Did you love it here when you first got here? Yeah. I oh, did. good. Mm. Yeah. Because I thought there were mountains in Connecticut and then I saw <laughs> real mountains. Yeah. And uh, I was living up in Colbert, and it was it's really beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard not to love uh, the landscape and what you can do within a couple hours. I mean, you can go in any direction. Something super cool. Yeah. I, on that as well, uh, in terms of what you've seen, I know the community, it seems like, and the people we've talked to uh, as well, is this, it's more of a supportive kind of an art community than mm-hmm. it is a competitive mm-hmm. one. I mean, you, there's mm-hmm. certain, you know, there's call for artists, and mm-hmm. it's competitive in the standpoint that, yeah, everybody's got to put, you know, submit their best work and hope they get selected for various mm-hmm. things, and there's always rejection there and that kind of thing. But it's, but by and large, it seems very supportive. For especially for emerging artists, I mean that they. I don't feel like they're just you know pushed off in a corner. There's more encouragement, actually. I totally agree with you. Um, when I was trying to make it into the scene, the uh, galleries downtown were a lot more exclusive, and I probably wasn't in a place in my abilities either to be in there. So it was it was very frustrating. Uh, but I was 
I joined the watercolor society and learned some things. And, um, but I think now, like you said, there's a lot of opportunities for artists of all levels. And I, I find that super exciting. You know, it's really great. Now, so the watercolor society, that's an interesting idea to me. So I didn't know there was a watercolor society. And how does, how does somebody find something like that? How did you find the watercolor society? Uh, through the library. Okay. There was a woman that invited me, um, to come to one of the meetings. She, I don't know, I just started a dialogue with her cause I was in there a lot with my son. And, uh, so that's how that all started. And are there other, I mean, are there all kinds of artist groups around town like that? I believe there are. And I think Facebook would be a really great way to find that or, you know, even online um, groups would be super helpful. But uh, it's really great to have a critique from your peers. Mm. Uh, and, and if it's gentle, it can help you a lot. If it's constructive. Yes. Right. Constructive yeah, is the good yeah. word. Exactly. Do you remember your first piece that you actually sold? I mean, the transaction, like, I want to buy your work. Oh, my gosh. The first thing that I, I sold was an ad for Rack's Roast Beef in Lima, Ohio, <laughs> for a percentage off through the drive-thru. And I did a little illustration of a car <laughs> in the drive-thru, and that I think I made twenty bucks. Oh, but but I, you remember that? I like do. Was, you know. And then I became a uh, quote-unquote professional. Yeah, so I got paid well, for your work. I remember talking to Rick Jondro about that. You know, he says, "Yeah, I was doing these things, and some guy offered to buy one of his paintings. It was just like a huge light bulb went on, and he says." Wow, you mean you can make money doing this? Exactly. <laughs> you know? So it, it does tend to, I think, uh, spark at least hope. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's some something about that transaction. I mean, for me, as a who buys a lot of art, it's like, I don't know. I just love the connection with the artist. Definitely the connection. But um, as the artist, it's also like, wow, they get it. Mm hmm because you're doing this thing that you love and you don't know if anybody really gets it either. And uh, it's like a vote of keep going in that direction too. It helps you a lot. Do you have a hard time pricing your work? Because we were talking to somebody a, a few months back and they were saying, she mm -hmm. was saying she was trying to teach artists about how to value their work appropriately because she found that uh, some of the artists that she worked with uh, were not, they were, she was saying, look at how much time you put into it, all the materials you put into it, and look at what you're asking for it. You need to value yourself a little bit more highly. Is that Does that sound familiar to a thought process you've gone through? Yeah, and um, working, having jobs or owning um, a business, any kind of retail, you see the markup that you should have, and you know that... I paid this much in materials and I put this much time into it and I need to get at least this back. And then there's the emotional part where you're saying, well, this is worth a thousand dollars, you know, because it's so much a part of me and I love it so much. And, um, so you have to also find, uh, what the market will support. Mm -hmm. And that's another huge one. Because what you can price things for in Spokane is very different than what you can price something for in Portland. Yeah, or, I was gonna say. You know, so so it is. It is super hard to price your work. Do you feel like you've reached the point where you're doing it right, or do you still feel like you're just kind of guessing I think a bit? I, I think I have a fair price. Um, you know, where I can make a living, and things are selling, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard. It's always um, a battle with yourself, <laughs> and uh, but it, there's there's uh, you have to be realistic too. You know, sure. I think and, it's realistic. And now that you're making your living off of this, now that you've been doing it for five years, are you glad you made that change? Has it been everything you hoped for? Absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think this last batch that I'm I'm doing is just 
I'm so excited about it. And probably if you interview me in five years, I hope I say the same thing. (laughs) Still five years in and you're still happy. That's great. (laughs) But but you wouldn't be able to have that much excitement. And and again, if you could see the look in your eyes right now (laughs) through the radio waves, um, you probably wouldn't have that working in a, a floral shop where somebody comes back complaining about <laughs> one of the right. flowers withering on them too soon or something like that, correct? Or Valentine's Day or Mother's Day in a oh flower gosh. shop. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. So, now, you have good. another project we've kind of talked about over coffee, uh, and this has been fairly lengthy, and I think it's one of those things you'd like to kind of finish and put closure to, mm-hmm. an illustrating project. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. I'm illustrating um, a children's book, and it's a it's a chapter book, and um, I think there's 36 illustrations, and it's been over a couple years, and the author is Bill Morkill, and um, it's kind of a collection of stories from this village, and it's been really amazing um because he always pushes me to do more landscape and i really could care less about mm-hmm. landscape <laughs> and so that has i have had to evolve that way and uh it's actually been fantastic because in this last batch of artwork i now am including landscape mm-hmm. so it's like oh my goodness this was supposed to happen another tool mm-hmm. um but yeah i have uh six more illustrations to go and so 30 illustrations is pretty crazy how does that work um is it like writing where you send your work to a publisher and then they say well this this needs to change here for to Mm -hmm. sell kind of thing when you send in uh, a draft of your illustration covering chapter one two Mm -hmm. does it come back with suggestions and before i mean it's not the final thing no this is, um, it's a relationship that we've built, and uh, it's, it's been uh, frustrating sometimes, but usually really good, where I have an idea from reading his chapter, and I'll say, what do you think about this? And we'll talk on the phone, and I'll send in a little thumbnail, and he'll say, yeah, this is, this is great, but maybe we can add this, and then I do the work, and usually it's like yeah great and every once in a while it's like well what about uh, this you forget mm-hmm. this and it's like well bill it's in pen I think. <laughs> 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 and then we we work it out somehow and um it's it's been it's been really kind of amazing it's a so um for young illustrators and there's a lot of uh, and there's a, uh, a number of them actually I mean that we've kind of kind of come across here in Spokane but to do a project like that it, from a financial end you know is mm-hmm. it like you get an advance so much up front and you know to kind of again mm-hmm. help pay for the bills while you're doing that and then so much at the final project is that how that typically works we negotiated um, our deal together from the very beginning, and we got it uh, down even with an attorney, mm. and I get paid per illustration. And I think that is so much better, especially with this huge uh, job, to then, you know, the alternative would be some lump sum, and, you know, you're rich for a while, and then you have nothing, and you have to still continue to work on this, and then get the payoff in the end I think um I think this was a really good way to go and it you know we're making it up as we go and uh I think it it's best to have Mm. a small payment per illustration and that keeps you motivated is illustrating children's books something you want to keep doing I would totally do that I would do more of that and I would love to illustrate a lot of different things, uh, not just children's books. Like what? Oh, um, do they have album covers anymore? Oh. That, well, you know, vinyl outsold um, CDs for the first, first time, time last year. Yay, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I, wanna, I want vinyl covers, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So who would be the first uh, vinyl you'd want to design for? Oh, 
Gabriela y Rodrigo there. Um, oh, yeah. No, my wife would put, would put the stamp on that one as well. <laughs> oh, I would love it. It's amazing. They're amazing yeah. guitarists. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel their music. She's, she's so amazing, Gabriela. She, she's very percussive. Um, yeah. So. We'll send her an email. Yeah. <laughs> Put in the good word, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, even even here in Spokane, I mean, that's kind of a thing. You know, people record, and, um, and some of it's to do it yourself. But they always spend a lot of time on whether it's the old cassettes. You know, they try to be kind of original and old school in some ways. But or the merch, you know, with the shirts, mm. it's very illustrative. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's a little bit of a, you know. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a market there for something mm-hmm. like that. I know it seems like I always see in the merch tables, you know, you know, trying to see how creative you can get with your shirts. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I, that's something I like to buy, and, and that makes a difference, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we have a couple of minutes left. Uh, can you remind us, or yeah. tell us if you haven't told us already, where people can see your work either, I mean, if you have a website, if you have some pieces that are up that are permanent, mm-hmm. and whether you have some shows coming up, where can people see your stuff? You can buy prints anytime at the New Moon Gallery. I also have cards there. Um, some originals, it, it switches in and out. Um, my website is kim at kimlongart.com, and you can see examples of my work there. Uh the first Friday in December, you can come see me at the New Moon Gallery. I'd love to see you, and it'll be there um, all month if you can't come on first Friday. And uh, not sure where else. I think that's that's the only solid one I have right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <clears throat> after this illustration project is done, it's going to give you a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, space there. Is that a time where you um, kind of just embrace the fact that you don't have that commitment and maybe use that for creative thinking and experimenting? and Or and taking a computer design or class. Maybe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, I think one thing leads to another and uh, just kind of just feeds and flows that way. Um, it's been really good that way. Mm-hmm. So... Um, We'll see what's next. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think you should do that. I think you just, you know, that should be next year. We'll see. Right. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's Uh, been great talking to you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for, uh, Thanks for sharing. I know sometimes it's hard to talk about yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, why, are, why do these guys keep asking me all these questions? <laughs> it's but, not my natural uh, thing. Yeah, sure. I think, yeah, especially visual artists, you know, that's not what <laughs> they want to do. But it's just, I, I find it um, just inspiring when somebody takes that leap. I mean, even when yeah, we had Chris Bovey in here, different type yeah, of artists all together, but he was doing the graphic design at the Inlander, and he said, oh, I'm going nice. to I'm gonna do my art full time. And, and I just, I really admire people who do that. I think that's really cool. Uh, so, uh, good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Ditto it's been my pleasure. and everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. inspiring. Hooray. <laughs>